Hello and welcome to Reliance's podcast. We hope that the message encourages your heart today. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet weekly on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. And if you want to find out more about Reliance, come check us out online. A couple of our seniors uh, are high school graduates, and I'm just I just put in, in, in these guys. Um, and so really in for a treat today. I mean, get your notebooks ready uh, and prepare your hearts just because they got a lot of wisdom. Uh, so are you ready? This is Kenny Ford, everybody. What's up? How many love you some Jesus? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Kenny Ford, um, and I'm just going to start with a short little testimony. So our family, we're the Fords. We came to Reliance two, three years ago. Could be more, could be less. Somewhere in there. Um, and the first time I came to RSM, I thought it was really weird. Um, like, I grew up in, thank the Lord for my parents, um, growing up in a Christian home, um, and I would just had the Lord in my life since I was born. Um, I don't, there was a point in my life where I, I, like I didn't know if I was walking with the Lord or not, um, but the Lord saved my parents, um, and I learned from their mistakes. <laughs> but when we came to RSM for the first time, I thought it was really weird. I'm like, why are their hands in the air? Why are they on their faces before the Lord? I was with my little brother and my older sister, and I just thought it was weird. But um, the Lord has really worked in me on that, um, and he's really taught me to worship him freely um, through being here. So can we just give it up for Jacob and the rest of the RSM leaders? Yeah, so... We just started doing this new thing at RSM where seniors kind of pair up with sixth graders. Um, and each senior has a little sixth grader, little brother, little sister type of thing. And I think it's really cool. It's a really cool discipleship opportunity for us as seniors. And it's really cool for the sixth graders to help get them plugged in. Um, so when I was a sixth grader, I wish I kind of had that. I have little Jonah Newman. Um, his parents did a great job raising him. That kid is amazing. He's on fire. And I'm excited to see where the Lord takes him in life. Um, but yeah, I'll be starting in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, if you guys have your Bibles. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? So this language might sound really weird to you. Like, how can I be an ear? How can I be an eye? It's just really cool the way that the Lord speaks in these images. Um, so it's this beautiful image of us as believers being the body of Christ. And then verse 18 says, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And I love that. We're all gifted in some way. The Lord gave each of us a gift. Some of us are good at filmmaking or photography. Some of us are good at playing the guitar. And if you're Matt Lowry, you're good at both. <laughs> but the Lord blessed us all with gifts. Um, and it says in his word, he made us just as he pleased. He pleased for us to have each of the gifts that he's blessed us with. So we have to walk in those gifts. We can't all 
be filmmakers. If we're all filmmakers, then what's, where's the diversity? And it's really cool to see, like, you think of a band. If we have seven dudes on guitar, no one's singing, no one playing drums, it's just weird. But whenever you think of the unity of a band, they all work together. It's really cool. So it's this image. We're all the body of Christ. We all work together with our gifts to glorify the Lord. And if you know me, you know that I bring up this scripture every chance I get. Um, it's my favorite verse in the entire Bible. Uh, I call it my life verse. 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do it all unto the glory of the Lord. So we're walking in this glorification of God. And as the body, whenever we're in unity, we glorify the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10 says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So Paul writes about this unity in the body, unity in the church. We as believers, we're representatives of Jesus Christ while we're walking on earth. People, if I'm living this double minded life, if I'm going to school living in this sinful lifestyle and then I come to church and act like I'm not living in that lifestyle, I act like this perfect dude and then my peers from school show up to youth group and they're like, dude, what are you doing? You know? So we have to walk in purity. We have to walk in love. We have to walk in truth. Again, glorifying the Lord in everything that we do. We have to ask ourselves this question, am I glorifying the Lord in every situation? Whether I'm with my buddies, whether I'm with my girlfriend, whether I'm with my parents, whether I'm at church, am I glorifying the Lord? So this unity, you think about unity, we just prayed in unity. Think about five million people praying for Israel, praying for Israel to be saved. That's unity. The Lord honors that. And as we walk in this unity, we glorify the Lord. So if the non-believers look at Christians and they see division everywhere, what are they going to think of Jesus, right? So if we're representing Jesus in this divisive manner, non-believers aren't going to honor that. They're just going to think of Christians as these people who don't love each other. But imagine, imagine, like, think about when we go to heaven, and it's unity. There's zero disunity. Everyone's unified. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? Imagine that unity here on earth. You know? Wouldn't that be amazing? So non-believers should look at us as believers and see that unity. It's like, wow, these people are loving. These people are truthful. You know? And it's just crazy to think about that we can do that. The word says that whenever we have these fights and these arguments, that we need to settle them quickly. Right? Whether they accepted the person that we're in the argument with accepts it or not. Settle it quickly. Why? Because it glorifies the Lord. It edifies the body. So we go to John 17. Right before Jesus is hung on the cross, he prays for us as believers. Verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So Jesus prays that the body is one as Jesus is one with God the Father. You think about the unity of Jesus and God the Father, that is inseparable. That is perfect unity. So Jesus prays that the body has this perfect unity, right? So think about that perfect unity and how we need that. 
that the world may believe that you sent me. So when we have this unity in the body, the world believes that God sent Jesus. And then the next verse, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. So again, the body is one as God the Father and Jesus are one. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So the world, through our unity in the church, knows that they are loved as God the Father loves Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Like, if we're in unity, zero division, fixing problems quickly, loving each other, loving others, then God is glorified and the world may know that God is Jesus, his father. Isn't that cool? And then you go to Romans 10.9. If you profess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, <laughs> then you'll be saved. So if the Lord believes, or if the world believes that God is Jesus' father, Jesus is Lord, then the world is saved. So when we're in unity, that leads to the world being saved. You know, isn't that beautiful? So yeah, I just thank you guys so much, and I just want to encourage you guys to pour into the youth. Like, as someone who is going off just graduating, I don't know what life's going to be like. I'm not going to be able to be here all the time, you know? I'm going to be in Tulsa. So I just want to encourage you guys and invite you guys and challenge you guys to pour into the youth, whether that be first grade, second grade, sixth grade, junior, sophomore, senior, whatever, college kids. Pour into them, disciple them, and hold them accountable. Thank you. All right, so my name is Caleb Lowry. I am the son of the good video videographer and guitar player. <laughs> um, and... Basically, when I was told I was going to be coming up here, I was like, okay, Lord, do you want me to be teaching? Do you want me to be preaching? Like, what do you want from me? And he was just kind of, I kind of just got a revelation of I've never really shared my testimony in the church because I always just felt like, you know, it was pretty average. Like, I grew up in the church. But uh, Aaron going to say, it's kind of just like a walk of faith, and you see what I've gone through and just kind of like how I've step by step grown in faith and strengthened my foundation. So all the way back from before I could even remember I've been in this church and the precursor church just with my dad when he was a youth pastor I mean I was running around when Jacob was in middle school like I was always there and so I always loved seeing them I loved coming and playing even when I was very little but the summer before that we are we are allowed to go into the youth group was about fifth grade it's kind of where I would say I, I gained competence I remember things I figured out things but um fifth grade I remember like sitting down with my dad, because at this time, like, I started to understand what it meant to be like, oh, this is a popular song, like, you want to you wanna mingle with the people about this song, or this is what these people are doing, and they may have necessarily been really bad things, but they were definitely footholds for Satan in my life, and it was a time where I didn't really understand what that meant, but my dad, I remember, said, he sat down with me, he said, so son, these are the things of the world, and this is the things um, Satan's going to send to distract you from the things of God, and like, at the time in fifth grade, I'm not really understanding the magnitude of this, but I saw how passionate my dad was that I stray away from this. So I was like, 
I, I love my dad, and I love what he's seeing, and I love what my parents' desires are, so I'm, I, I want to learn more about this. And so um, I joined the youth group in sixth grade, and so my dad's the youth pastor for most of my middle school years, and the first uh, church camp, I remember sitting there, and it was, like, it was kind of my first encounter. I hadn't been to much, like, Sunday service, it was like my first encounter with like a full, a full worship set, some, uh, a message, things like that. And I remember sitting there like consciously thinking like, should I be singing? Like, why is, why is everyone eyes closed? Things like that. And so like, I was starting to figure it out, but I enjoyed it. It's not like I was like weirded out, but I, I enjoyed it being there. And then um, they had the altar call and this was my first time. I've, I'd been in kids ministry. I remember them talking about giving your life to Jesus, but I always waited till like I kind of knew more what it meant, and then they had their altar call, and I didn't go up that time, because I just feel like I was like in my head, and I wasn't the time, and I didn't necessarily know what it all meant, but I remember afterwards just being kind of upset, like why, don't, like, why wouldn't I give myself, the all, give myself all to you, but now I look back, and it's kind of wasn't the Lord's timing, because you fast forward one year, the next summer, I went through my, I was going into the seventh grade, so my first year of middle school, and so, um, we go to Desperation in Colorado, which I always loved a ton because that's when I was really little. My, I'd go to my grandma's house when my dad took the middle schoolers and high schoolers to Desperation Camp because they're all living in Colorado. But I remember going up there, and they had their altar call. And, like, that moment, like, before I knew at this, it was, like, forever. And before I knew it, at the same time, I was, like, all the way down the stage at the altar before, as soon as the call was given. Like, he said it, and I was up, I was out. I was going down, but at the same time, I say it feels like a quarter-mile walk all the way down the stairs. But I remember being there, like, at that time, I still necessarily knew, but I was like, I want to give it to, all to you, Jesus. Like, I know what I'm doing here. And so going into middle school, like, I was like, okay, like, I'm starting to figure it out. I'm starting to just see things. I want to know more of you. And that brings me to Luke 9:23 through 25, and in this it says, And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. This is a pretty popular verse, but if I was to put a name of middle school, like a verse on middle school for me, it was this. It was understanding what that meant or just even getting a glimpse. Because now I think about picking up my daily cross, and it seems a lot harder <laughs> than it did in middle school. And um, so just middle school, I was like, okay, Lord, show me how what this means, show me how to do this with my friends. And at the same time, I was still being introduced to new things, like things of the world, things that Satan was going to distract me. And those things will wavered me in my path. I never turned or anything, but they cause you to lose distance. You're like, Lord, where are you in this? And he's like, well, seek me and you'll find me. And so now, now I know that, but at the time, I was still learning. I was like, Lord. And this time, like, I was, I was starting to dig into youth group and to dig into the church more and get your guys' support and your testimonies and things like that. But again, going to that, um, that summer, that summer camp, no, it wasn't a summer camp, it was just like, I think it was just like a random winter, it was a random winter month, and I think it was, might have been my last, the last year my dad was the youth pastor, and all my, middle school was kind of hard for, hard for me to like, listen to the message I was saying in the first service, because it was just like talking to my dad at home, because like, it's just my dad up there, <laughs> um, but I remember just like, and worship completely self-satisfied. This is the, and then I was just laying down, and I was just, like, on my knees crying to the Lord for the first time without, like, feeling I had chains and shackles on me that he was lifting. I just felt like, 
rejoiced and ha- having fun in my father's eyes. And this was like, he re- revealed it to me what it meant to like, I, like, I will give you satisfaction in everything. He was just a glimpse of my love. And my dad was like, Caleb, what's wrong? What's wrong? I was like, nothing. I just love the Lord. And again, to being a little seventh, eighth grader, you're like, I don't even know what I'm saying. Like, I just know, like, I am so joyful and I feel a love so great. I don't even know how to put it into words. So going into high school, I had a great foundation, but I always, like I said, I kind of struggled with um, re- getting, I, I, I had a strong foundation in my faith, but not necessarily my word, because I've always hated reading. I'm decent in school, but I hate reading so much. <laughs> but I, I was always like, I get into it and things, but I never felt connection. I never kind of would do it. I'd do it more of like a checklist thing. So going into freshman year, I was, I was super excited and things, and this is the first time, like, high school sports coming up, and coaches are interested in you, and they're like, oh, we want to use you here, and I was like, that's super exciting. And at the same time, I wasn't, I wasn't obsessed with my athletic abilities or anything, but they kind of distract you a little bit, too, waver. So the first, like, freshman, sophomore year, I just remember asking the Lord, like, God, I want you to strengthen my faith in you so I know I can lead for you. And then the first time I really saw this would be it was a fall retreat, and my buddy, who I've known forever, played football with him since second grade, he just came, and then, like, one night I look over, and he's crying on his face. Like, he came to hang out with me, and then on, like, two nights later, he's crying on his face saying, God, take everything from me. Take, take my desires for the world from me. Like, I'm sorry for what I've done. And, and this time, I was, again, I was still complacent. I wasn't necessarily in my world all the time, but, like, I, I was a vessel for the Lord, even in my disobedience, because he saw like, his, his, his will in me, and so, just, just that moment there, was like, that's when I kind of saw the Lord, like, this is what I want to use you for, and even to this day, like, I, I find so much joy in seeing his works in other people's, I like, I like seeing them in my life, but I enjoy so much seeing it in other people's, especially, like, I remember as early as, like, seventh grade, sitting on the edges, and just, like, stopped singing to listen to the church body sing, and I, I was, like, so little, but, like, just a song of love, just absolutely dignified to the Lord. I didn't even know what it meant, but I just, it was always an awe how we are combined in unity for him. And so um, that was basically sophomore year going into junior year, and then junior year I'm going into football. And um, we have our church camp. It's my first big, my first big, like, conference-style one since middle school. And... Uh, again, I was always like, Lord, I stri- I'm striving, I'm striving, I want more, I want more. And um, Ephesians 4, 13 through 15 came to my head, and it says, Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So if I, if I say Luke 9, 23 through 25 is my middle school verse of kind of my life, I guess Ephesians would be my high school life. I was like, I want strength and faith so great the day I walk out of my parents' house I want to keep my eyes fixed on you no matter what, no matter I waver. And for me, um, I, I'm still working on it. I, forever I want to be giving him at all in my relationships, in my, in my family, in my free time, and what I'm going to do with the rest of my life because um, I saw this. I should go back to that. So going into junior year, I had, it was a conference, and I just remember like laying on my feet and on my hands and knees, and there's just a 
I can't even remember, like, anything, like, who was around me or anything, because at the moment, it was just me and the Lord. I mean, people I don't even know are speaking tongues in my ears, and, like, for, it was, like, an hour straight, and it's just, like, all I can remember the Lord saying is, like, just seek me. Like, I have so much delight in you. I have so much for you. Like, you're a warrior for me. I want to show you that. And so, that really, that was kind of really a turning point where, at that moment, I was, like, okay, like, sophomore, like, what was happening freshman, sophomore year? I was, like, yeah, I'm, I'm working towards it. And then junior, senior year, I was like, I have this because I have the Lord's favor because I'm a warrior for him. And so even coming now, though, like, the Lord is so good, and you guys are so amazing. Um, without you guys, I would not be where I am. The church body has been so amazing. The men here, I've gone on a couple of men's ski trips now, and just they've shown me that the temptations, all the things I see now, they just come with different faces. And they're showing me how to overcome it now so later in my life it doesn't overcome me then. Yeah, so that, that night really changed, changed me forever in the way I saw everything. I started um, doing a Bible study with a group of guys on my football team, and they were pushing me harder than I even know I could be pushed. So they were like, what do you mean we're not doing it four times a week? I'm like, you guys want to come here at 6 a.m. four times a week? And they were like, yes. <laughs> and so that was, that was amazing. It was just like guys who didn't necessarily have a faith, like they wanted it. And the Lord was just so revealing and all that. But it gets to my junior year. And I love football. It's kind of my thing. And I break my ankle the first game. And it was still one of the best seasons I had of football because I got to spend the rest of the year with my guys doing fellowship, talking to them because I found my identity in the Lord and his word and not in my athletic abilities in my high school days. I say that my high school days are finally over. I graduated, or my last day was on Friday, and I had my uh, party yesterday. And... It's just been so amazing. I mean, seeing all that's happened, I hope people remember me, my teachers, the students I was with, the younger classmen. They're just like, okay, what was a guy that was always shining joy? Even if I wasn't necessarily speaking the love of Jesus, they saw it in me without my words, and they saw it in my actions. But, as, again, without you guys, it would be so amazing. It kind of brings me to at my graduation party yesterday. It was like, it was crazy to see the amount of people who had kept up with my wife, who I hadn't talked to in a long time. They're like, you're going to college for this, this, this. I'm like, how do you, that's so amazing that you're so invested in my life, not because I'm the son of Matt, who you know, Matt, because you saw the Lord's work in my life and you were intrigued and you wanted to see what he'd done in me. So I just thank you guys for that. And just to continue, like Kenny was saying, like pour into the next generation. And the next generation doesn't necessarily mean us high school sixth graders. Pour into your son, pour into your daughters, pour into your spouse. Because without, without that accountability, without that love and fellowship, like we fall so short. And so as you continue just to, pursue someone like it doesn't feel naggy when it comes from the Lord <laughs> so just continue to pursue them and just thank you guys for all you've done for us seniors and all those are coming through here thank you good job dude hey Caleb you want to take this so thank you guys for investing in loving our students and um they're, on, they're embarking onto something totally new, and I'm just so grateful that they're surrounded by all of you guys here. As they were sharing in the first service, the Lord reminded me of the scripture in the book of Luke where it talks about Jesus growing up, and it says, He grew in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and favor with man. And I just, I mean, if you want to pray for this next generation, you saw two really, really amazing boys right here 
who are living this thing out, but just continue to pray like, like both of them challenged you so mightily to do. Um, yeah. I just kind of want to pray as we close this. I think Aaron has a word. And then uh, we might sing and close the service. But Jesus, thank you. Thank you just for the opportunity to hear from these guys. God, I thank you for the faith, for the flame that you're fanning in their heart. We just bless them to continue running hard after you, Jesus, to love you with their entire being. I thank you for their families. And Lord, we lift up these ones under them, coming after them, Jesus. Would you show them how to empower them? Show these seniors, these graduates, how to help the younger ones, how to point them to Jesus and love them like Jesus and show them who Jesus is. And we just, we're just grateful, God. You're so good. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's word. We hope that it continues to encourage you and bless you as you go about your day to day. And until then, we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week.